Welcome to the Unconventional RD Podcast, where we inspire dietitians to think outside of the traditional employment box and create their own unconventional income streams. We'll talk all things online business to help you start, grow, and scale your own digital empire. This week on the podcast, we've got the fabulous Andy Mathis here talking about her life as a full-time blogger. We chat about how Andy got started blogging and how she grew her traffic so that she was able to leave her job after just one year of blogging. You'll get an inside look into the multiple websites Andy runs, her various income streams, and where she sees her life and business going long term. You guys already know I'm obsessed with interviewing other successful dietitian bloggers and online business owners, so I hope you guys find this episode as fun and inspirational as I did. Let's dive in. Hi, Andy. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Hey, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's uh, early in the morning for me. I still have a line on my face for my pillow. (laughs) (laughs) That good sleep, I understand. Yeah. But yeah, I'm so excited to have you here today to talk about blogging, which is one of my favorite topics of all time. So I'm really excited. But I always like to get people's background first. So could you start by kind of telling us more about your background in dietetics and maybe what led you to become a dietitian in the first place? Sure. Um, Well, you know, of course, I've always um, been interested in food and nutrition. Like that's just always kind of been a passion of mine. And so while I was in high school, you know, I um, started looking at options, you know, for careers in this field and came across dietetics. And so um, I pursued that. I got my undergraduate at the University of Montevallo. And um, and then after that, I completed a dietetic internship at Oakwood. I did the distance internship. And, um, and then after that, I went straight into the work field. I went, um, I started as a clinical dietitian. I did that for a couple of years. Then um, I worked in public health uh, as a WIC nutritionist. So I worked there for about a year. And then I went to long-term care. And I stayed there for maybe a little bit over eight years. And um, I was the director of food and nutrition there. And um, and that was like my kind of like that um, guess that job where I thought, okay, this is this is it. This is where I'm going to retire from. And um, I enjoyed it, but I you know kind of wanted something else. I kind of started losing my passion a little bit. So about um, about two and a half years ago, I left that job and started pursuing the blog full time. So um, yeah, it's been one of the best decisions that I've ever made. I was so scared at first. I was like, I'm leaving this steady job to start blogging. You know, yeah, it sounds crazy to a lot of people. <laughs> I think it sounds super inspirational. <laughs> like, yeah, uh-huh. and I love that because sometimes people are like, oh, it's too late. You know, I can't get into blogging now. But like, you know, you you just left your job to blog two and a half years ago. Like. Yes. You can still do that today, I think. You sure can. Yeah, yeah. you can. If that's what you're passionate about. So can you take us back to when you first started your blog, Beautiful Eats and Things? Did you start that while you were working full time, you know, or how did that go? And like, why were you drawn to it? 
Um, well, yes, I started the uh, the blog, Beautiful Eats and Things, while I was still working full time. Um, so I just started almost like as an outlet, um, you know, have a house full of boys, you know, two boys, a husband. So I wanted something that I can kind of like escape to, you know, like it's an outlet, just somewhere I can kind of express my creativity. And I love to cook. So and I was always um, getting asked, like, you know, OK, so where's this recipe for this and where's this recipe? So I thought to create a blog so that I can have all the recipes, you know, that I've been cooking on, you know, one site. Um, I knew nothing about blogging, didn't know how to do anything. I'm not computer savvy, tech savvy at all. So um, I started just to, you know, just to have somewhere to put my recipes. And it just kind of grew from there. And I got um, just more and more into it, more interested in learning more about blogging. And it just grew. It just kind of like grew very quickly. <laughs> That's super exciting. And just so in case people listening haven't checked out your blog yet, what type of content do you post? Um, I would say it's a mixture of uh, food content and lifestyle. I like to post healthier recipes, um, maybe like with a little bit of a Southern flair. I am, you know, from Alabama. So I like to post recipes like comfort recipes that um, that you can maybe kind of put a healthier twist on it and make it really easy. Um, I love to post things about entertaining because I love to entertain um, health and beauty. I love makeup. I love, you know, things like that. So you'll find a mixture of that food and lifestyle content too. And then what led you to launch a second blog, Little Eats and Things? Well, like I actually, um, I had like a Little Eats section on Beautiful Eats and Things when I first started. But um, the, the more that I posted on Beautiful Eats and Things, um, I, I felt like maybe I had two different audiences because like I would post like cocktails, and, you know, and just kind of like all this adult stuff. And then I would turn around and like post like a lunchbox post like for kids. And I just feel like it kind of, um, it wasn't flowing, <laughs> if that makes sense. So I, um, I created the, the little eats and things so that I can have a place like strictly for, um, you know, kids recipes, strictly for um, like DIY crafts, things like that. Uh, I just wanted to have those separate spaces. That's such a good lesson. Cause I did something similar when I first created my membership site, I only had one website and it was a food blog, but then I made a nutrition membership site, but I was like too scared to buy another domain and like commit. So I put it on my food blog. <laughs> and then after I realized that it was maybe going to be successful, then I moved it away. So you can totally do that, you know? Sure can. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a really cool story. And is it challenging to run both of them or... Yes. Are you happy you did that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is very challenging. Um, and at first, I, when I when I uh, started Little Eats and Things, yeah, I questioned myself. I was like, am I insane? Like, you know, like, what am I doing? Starting two blogs, I have two kids, you know, where's the time going to come from? But um, I just kind of got my schedule and just planned everything out. And, and it's not hard, I guess, once you kind of, you know, plan your content for both blogs and, you know, kind of have a plan in place. Um, so it's, it's okay now. But at first I was very overwhelmed because I was like, well, how am I going to do this? You know, um, one woman show over here. So, you know, trying to just figure everything out. But, um, but now I have a, a system. So it's okay now. But in the beginning, yeah, I was kind of scared about that. Can you tell us more about your system? 
That sounds really helpful. Okay, sure. Well, it's nothing fancy. Like I said, I'm not like, you know, savvy with all this uh, new technology, but uh, it's just like a simple Word document. Like I have a calendar and um, and I place, you know, everything that's due content that I would like to create, I place it on my calendar and um, so that I can keep up with everything. I also put reminders like on my Google calendar. Um, so that's, that's, really it and I like to plan in advance so like I know the holidays are coming up so I've already have content on my calendar for that um and I know what I can take on you know I don't like to take on too many sponsorships or too many jobs you know so I, I always like to keep that in mind too how often do you post on each blog um I would probably say maybe I try to do at least maybe once a week with little eats and things and then it's maybe one to two times a week with beautiful eats and things yeah, and I, I don't know about you, but I agree. Once you kind of come up with a content calendar, it's almost like this weight is lifted and it, you're not showing up like, what am I doing this week? What am I posting? It's like, it's already there. <laughs> you're just buying the groceries and you know, making the recipes. <laughs> so what do you love most about blogging? Um, I think I love that I can be creative and I can, um, you know, produce content that I enjoy, but also that, um, you know, other people uh, will enjoy as well. So it's, you know, it's like I'm, I'm in control, you know, I'm, I'm able to, um, you know, do something that I love and, you know, around like my own schedule, my own hours. So I like the flexibility of it. So, you know, I, I really enjoy that. And it, um, it doesn't feel like work. You know, it feels like because I'm having fun, I love to cook and I love to um, style my food and take pictures. So it's just I'm just having fun with it. I know it's it's surreal sometimes that you like you can make money doing something that just feels fun and natural. Like, like, you know, you know, it's a good fit when that's how you feel about it. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. True. So what if somebody's not sure if blogging's right for them? Do you have any tips on maybe how they could? figure out whether it might be something they'd enjoy or, or maybe even just like some insight into what it's like day to day. So people can yeah. <laughs> understand. Okay. Well, I would say, um, if you're questioning it, um, you know, maybe definitely reach out to bloggers, maybe that, that you're following or that somebody that you admire, maybe I'll reach out and ask them some questions. Um, I have people to do that all the time, you know, in my inbox asking questions and I don't mind, like I always take the time to answer those questions, um, you know, and, and I'm real with them, you know, they ask, well, is this easy? You know, is this something, you know, that, um, you know, that I can do? I'm like, well, anyone could do it if that's something that you want to do, if you're passionate about it. But, you know, it's not like an overnight success thing. You know, it takes time, it takes commitment, and I make sure that everyone knows that, like, you're going to have to put some time and effort into this, you know. So um, I would just say if you have that time and if you, this is something that you really want to do, then, you know, go for it. But definitely reach out to people. Um, you know, people, people won't bite. You know, they'll, they'll give you some pretty good advice, you know. So Yeah, how, what was the timeline between when you started it and when you were able to leave your job? Uh, let's see. I started. Let's see. I think maybe about maybe about a year because um, I started. I think it was like October of 2017, and then I left the next year. Um, maybe like November or October. Yeah, of the the following year, 2018. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. So <laughs> I I wasn't expecting that at all. Like that was not on my plan. I'm a planner, and that was not on my plan <laughs> to leave my job. 
So now that this is what you do full time, can you walk us through kind of maybe what like a typical week looks like for you? Sure. Um, Well, now things are different, you know, because of what's going on. So I have my kids. So uh, but before when they were in school, um, I had, you know, kind of the days to myself, which was really nice so that I was able to um, I would set days for like recipe creation and like set days for um, shooting videos or taking pictures. So I had my set days, which, um, you know, worked out really well. And um, that that just kind of made my schedule, I guess, a little bit easier. It wasn't so overwhelming. And um, so I would just kind of plan out, you know, things that I had to, I guess, accomplish in, in my due dates, my deadlines and everything. So I had all that planned out. And, um, and yeah, so maybe about three or four hours I would set strictly to blogging kind of like when I first got up and then you know I would take a break after that do some house stuff cook you know and then um it was time to get the kids so um it was pretty good when they were in school but now I'm having to just fit it where I can you know if they happen to take a nap and I'm like, okay, let's get some work done, you know, and I'm working, I'm doing my work at night too, you know, I'm having to work when they go to sleep. So it's been a challenge. <laughs> we all know that's fun for photography too, with the lighting. <laughs> it's, yes, it's been a challenge. Well, looking back, is there anything that really stands out to you as something like really good that you did when you first started that you think maybe really helped you? Um, let's see, when I first started, um, I would say, I, I think I, I started with the intention of really bringing myself and my personality out, uh, for people to see. And I'm glad that I, I did that because I think people were able to connect with me a little bit better. And, um, and it helped to grow my audience, which, you know, I was like, okay, well, this is great, but I really wanted people to get a sense of who I was and, you know, and feel uh, my personality, like see my pictures and everything like that. So, um, you know, I'm glad that I, I tried to start with that. So, you know, trying to keep it real. <laughs> and that totally, you're right. Having the personal connection helps so much. And it also sets you apart. Um, I think if you're trying to be like everything to everyone and you have no soul <laughs> to your content, then it's just gets looked over. Is there anything you maybe regret doing early on? Well, I would say in the very early stages, because like when I didn't know anything about this, even like how to post stuff on Instagram, like I'm like, you know, what do you do? Um, In the very beginning, I was looking at other uh, bloggers and content creators and trying to kind of copy that because I'm like, well, if it's working for them, let me do my pictures this way. Um, So, and that didn't work out because it wasn't me. And so I'm glad that I quickly shifted, you know, to the mindset, okay, just be you, you know, do what you like, you know, edit your pictures how you want to edit them. And um, so, yeah, so in the very beginning, that comparison game, yeah, kind of got me, you know, made me feel a little bit discouraged at times. And, and, and it still kind of hits here and there, you know, I'm human. So, you know, it kind of gets in my head every once in a while, but yeah, I'm, a, I'm a lot better with that now. Yeah. I mean, food photography is no joke. <laughs> it takes a while to kind of like find your style. It sure <laughs> and, does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What kind of tools do you use to edit? Uh, well, I take a lot of my pictures with my phone. Um, I do have like a camera, but I've been liking for some reason, like, um, pictures on my phone and like I use Lightroom 
to edit a lot of my pictures. Um, I'm trying to find the best way to edit video. So I still haven't figured that one out just yet. I'm still kind of um, figuring it out and trying to determine what's the best program. But Lightroom um, and then the Photoshop, uh, the, I have that. So yeah, just been using those too. Mm-hmm. I love Lightroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's really cool that you're taking a lot of the pictures on your phone. I think it's been a while. It's been a few years since I've been in the food blogging world, but it does seem like the phones on people's cameras now are just so good that you can get by, especially now that that you can kind of adjust. I don't know. I forget the right word, but so it looks kind of blurry in the background and then focus. Yeah. Like you can do that on your phone now. That's crazy. So I do think that's, that, that should hopefully help people listening feel like that's one less barrier to getting started. Cause sometimes they're like, Oh, I got to buy an expensive camera and all this stuff. But yeah, you don't need that. You can definitely start with your phone. (laughs) And I I would say that probably wasn't the case like five years ago, but now it is. So that's great. (laughs) I know I look back at my photos from like 2015, like not food photos, but just photos I took on my camera. And I'm like, Oh, they're so grainy. Like I know. I I just like, I wanted, I wanted to redo so many of my photos, like when I first started, but I'm like, I'll just keep going. Cause some people actually like those photos. (laughs) It's just getting some traffic. So it's funny when you like, you're old. I have like this really old post that i it was a day when I didn't know what to post and it was just like a five minute side dish that I put together, like a bag of greens and mushrooms. And it's like my number one performing oh, recipe. Really? <laughs> You'll be surprised. It's like those easy dishes are the ones <laughs> that get a lot of traffic. So yeah, speaking of traffic, do you think there's anything that you did in the beginning to help you really grow your traffic? Um, let's see. I maybe... I tried to um, perfect my food photography because um, early on, like even um, before I actually started the blog, like I was buying books. I was searching on the internet, just trying to find um, everything that I could to take the best pictures. So even though a lot of my pictures, you know, starting out were okay, I feel that it improved quickly. And as it was improving, I felt like I was getting more traffic. Um, maybe the pictures, you know, were bringing in people to my website. So um, I feel that that helped a lot. Yeah, where do you get most of your traffic from right now? Um, let's see, a lot of it comes from Pinterest, uh, you know, Google, but it's been, I guess, mostly Pinterest. Yeah, I was going to say, if your pictures are like your selling point, I would guess that that would be your number one draw because that matters so much. <laughs> it does. I love yeah. Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about, and this is kind of going off topic, but what about Instagram? Do you get traffic from Instagram or is it more like building your community? Um, I do. I think it's more about building my community on Instagram, but I, um, I get some traffic, but not as much um, as I would like to, but, uh, but I am, you know, it does help to, to build that community and help people get it more of a sense of who I am on there. That was kind of my perception as well. Cause it's just like, not as for people listening who aren't familiar between the differences, Pinterest, it's like, it's like a search engine, a visual search engine almost. So people will type in meatballs or something and then all these pictures of meatballs will come up and people kind of choose by the picture a lot of times so that's where you know having good photography can help and they'll click on it and it takes them to your website so that's why it's a good traffic driver versus instagram is like oh a pretty picture but you can't really easily click to get to the recipe as much as you can on pinterest yeah 
but I know you have a good following on Instagram. So that's awesome. And that's probably again, due to your awesome photography and your personality shining through, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think it'd be helpful for people listening. Could you walk us through how you monetize your blog? Sure. Um, Let's see a few different ways, but then I will say the majority of my income comes from like sponsored posts. So um, I, I do a good bit of those and I actually really like to, to do those. Um, I love to create content, you know, with, with certain products and I love the challenge of creating like a different recipe or something featuring that product. I, I think it's really fun for me. So I really enjoy doing the sponsored content. Um, I also uh, write for a few or a couple of magazines, um, Eating Well in the Kitchen. I've done some work with them um, and then like some food photography work behind the scenes for clients um let's see i think those are probably and then of course like ad revenue so um i'm with mediavine so those are kind of my top ways i'm able to make some money off the blogs that's great can we i'd like to dive into some of those a little more in depth um let's start with sponsored posts like how did you get your first sponsored post like were you pitching people or were brands coming to you how did that work um, well, the very beginning, I kind of just went through, I guess, the third-party sites like you know, Social Fabric and things like that, and I was applying for the sponsorships, and um, I was able to get a few, you know. So um, I got most of the uh, the sponsored posts in the beginning from those sites, and then when I um, got a little bit more comfortable with my pitching, then I started reaching out to brands and just, and, you know, just kind of taking my shot and just like, hey, you know, I'm loving this product, let's work together, you know, so, um, and I started receiving a few uh, yes emails back from them because I would send out tons and I still send out emails now, but I would send out tons and, you know, out of maybe like 30 emails, I would get back maybe two or three that was like, okay, yeah, sure, we'll work with you. Yeah, that's not bad. That's a pretty good return rate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so. And how did, did you just go to those people's like websites and try to find the contact email? Yes, uh, I just went to the website and try to like find like the press contact or media contact and um, and just reach out to, to that person that's listed. Like, what are you even saying? Like, you're just like. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I always, I like to give an intro. Like, I always, like, you know, like to say who I am, you know, beautiful eats and things, registered dietitian. Um, my blog, you know, specializes in, in uh, you know, comfort foods, lifestyle. So I always give like an introduction. And then um, the next section, I like to, you know, kind of tell them a little bit more about why I like their product, you know, because I like to pitch the brands that I actually use, you know, that I actually like. So, um, you know, if it's something that I've been using for a while, I'll say, you know, this has been, you know, something in my home that I always keep on hand. I love it. It's been in a few of my recipes. And um, I always ask, well, I would love to work together to, you know, support you and your company. And, you know, this is, these are my ideas, you know, I would love to discuss further. And, uh, you know, just kind of something like that. <laughs> yeah, you hit on so many good points there, making it about the brand, you know, and, and how you can help them not like, just an ask, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's probably why it goes over a lot better, too. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. Do you remember looking back, like how long it took you to qualify for Mediavine? Let's see, for Mediavine, I can't remember when I applied, but I know I did it before the the 50,000 cutoff. Now I know it's changed. So um, I want to say maybe after a year, 
I after I had my blog for a year because when I left my job and then shortly after that I applied for Mediavine and um and got accepted. So yeah, um it's, it took me about a year to, to get up to where you know they wanted us to be. That's really great, honestly. Like great progress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was really happy. I'm trying to get little eats and things up to that point, but it's not there yet. So it's the grind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for people listening, it used to be 25,000 sessions a month. So like, that's basically like individual people coming to your sites every month, which if you really understand how to do, you know, I really think in the beginning, it's really at Pinterest and SEO. So Pinterest can take off faster, I think, because it's once you kind of get it and you understand how to utilize and optimize it and you are good at creating good pins, then that can grow really quickly. And then SEO is more like a slow burn, <laughs> but stable, mostly speaking. So it's like every time you put out new content, if you optimize it, it's like it's just building up your base kind of of content that can be discovered. I'm still learning about SEO. I feel like, oh, I can't, I don't know if I'll ever learn it. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that you grew your blog to full time without really feeling like you had a firm grasp on SEO, I hope that inspires people that there's not just one way to make it, you know? Obviously, I'm a huge fan of SEO because I have an SEO course, but I also acknowledge that Pinterest is very powerful and a lot of people make it to ad networks by capitalizing on Pinterest alone. So I, I do think like in the long run, you should have both like <laughs> optimized, but you can pick whatever feels most natural to you to grow your traffic in the beginning. You can, you can do it either way. So I was looking through your blog and I saw that in the past, you got to go on a sponsored retreat, uh, but from the grocery store Sprouts. And uh, that just seems so cool. And can you just share with us, like, how did that come about? And what does that even entail? Because I do see, especially dietitians doing sponsored trips. Um, I think it's a really cool thing that my audience probably doesn't know much about. Yeah, well, um, I was actually, you know, working with Sprouts, you know, a few sponsored campaigns. So um, I believe they were trying to get some of their, um, you know, bloggers, influencers um, out to visit their headquarters in Arizona. And so um, I think they they usually do it every year. Um, of course, not this year, but, um, but they've been doing it every year. And um, it was exciting. I was able to meet a few bloggers um, that I follow on Instagram. So uh, we all kind of met and um great energy. It was just, it was a fun trip getting to know a little bit more about Sprouts, their background, um, getting a tour of the headquarters, um, you know, things like that. And, and I really enjoyed it. And it's, and it's just, I guess like if you have those really good relationships with brands, um, you know, they will reach out to you and, and see if you're willing to go on a sponsored trip, you know, to learn more about that brand, to, you know, learn more about what they do. So I was really excited about that opportunity. Yeah, I've seen people do like cranberry board trips and, you know, there's all sorts of companies and like food, not brands, but like, yeah, food boards almost that like, like the potato board or something, you know, and they'll, they'll bring dietitians out, which is kind of cool. Uh, do you think being a dietitian helped you in any of these avenues, like to get more opportunities? Um, I believe so. Um, I guess maybe... Um, you know, it kind of adds that, that credibility, you know, to be, like, especially if the brand is like a healthier food brand, um, I guess working with a dietitian kind of adds that credibility um, when you're able, you know, to back it up and say, yes, I 
I support this brand, you know, this is something that I recommend. So I believe that it helps um, in that aspect of it. But, you know, like, does it help to make me a better food photographer? No, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. Did you have any mentors or other bloggers that you learned from? Well, I, it was, it, there were people that I guess that I admired, like their style, but it really just kind of came about like with trial and error, you know, just um, learning what I like, you know, what I wanted to look at, you know, I was like, well, if this appeals to me, maybe it'll appeal to somebody else. So um, it just, I guess, came from experiencing kind of playing around with a few different things. Yeah. I'm not really, I don't have that visual eye kind of like inherently. So that part was hard for me, but um, sometimes I would just look on Pinterest and see trying to almost like learn composition because I don't have the eye where I'm like, Oh, they put the napkin there. And like, that makes sense. But when I started to actually look and dissect the photos and be like, Oh, like the bowl's not in the dead center. It's off to the side a little bit. And like, <laughs> there's stuff around it like that. I then I'd try to replicate those pieces within my photos. And that helped a lot, I think. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, those details are so important in photos. Do you have any like favorite uh, resources or places to learn? I know you said you, you bought some books. Yes, it was a book that I bought and I cannot remember the name of that book, but um, I got it off Amazon and um, it was just this basic book, like a basic food photography book. And um, if I get the name of it, I have to email it to you and send it to you. Yeah, it I'll was put it in the show notes. Yes, it was, um, it was a really great book because it kind of broke it down and was really simple because I needed something really simple. And it just, you know, kind of um, showed me some basic um, techniques for taking pictures and all that stuff. So that was really helpful. Um, just to learn and also learn how to use my camera. I didn't even know how to use my camera because my husband bought it as a Christmas gift and I just looked at it and I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? So uh, it kind of really helped me to figure that out too. One more thing that I saw on your website, I saw that you have like some t-shirts that you sell as well. Yes. Can you tell us what gave you the inspiration to get into that? Yes. Uh, well, I just have two. Well, now I have three designs and now because I added one this year. But um, the shirts came about uh, the first one I designed was like, be you, be beautiful. And that was just a simple phrase, just, you know, telling everybody to just be yourself. And that makes you beautiful, you know, no matter what. So um, I just got that inspiration as I, you know, continue to create content and just became more um, you know, into the body positive movement and just, you know, just trying to let everybody know that, you know, accept yourself, love yourself. And, um, and then with that, <clears throat> excuse me, came the, uh, the RD shirts. So I made a shirt that says Kirby proud registered dietitian, um, you know, because, you know, unfortunately there are not a lot of Kirby dietitians out there and, you know, and I wanted to, I guess, you know, just come out and just say it, it's okay. You know, if you got a little extra, you know, thickness some, somewhere, it's okay. And I just wanted to show that it's okay to be curvy, proud, and also registered dietitian. We're still just as credible, you know, we're still just as knowledgeable. So I made a shirt to, to say that. And so that people would know, you know, I'm proud. I'm not going to hide that I'm a dietitian, you know, because of my size. And I made one this year for um, RDs to be. So it says curvy, proud, RD to be. And uh, it was requested by one of my um, Instagram friends and she inboxed me and she said, well, can you make a shirt, you know, that says this? And I was like, that's a good idea. And so, um, so I added that one this, uh, this year. 
That gave me goosebumps. <laughs> That's so like inspiring. And again, I think you're bringing your personality and your authenticity to your brand. And that's always a win. <laughs> How do you make them? Um, well, I, um, I, right now it's through Bonfire and anybody can like make a, a t-shirt through that website. And I'm um, like, they print it for you and then they, you know, send it off to um, the people that purchase the shirts. So that's where it is right now. But I am looking to move to another platform because I'm wanting to do more um, like shirts and, um, you know, leggings, like things like that. So I'm wanting to add more. So um, it probably will not be on the bonfire uh, platform, you know, probably after a few months. So, Do you know what platform you're thinking of moving to? Well, it'll be like on my page, but I'm just trying to figure out another way, I guess, to print the um, the merchandise and like what more printing options. I've heard like print, Printify or like some other options like that that gives you more um, choices. I think they have like pillows that you can design and mugs, like all these different things. So I still haven't decided just yet. I'm just kind of looking around to see what would be the best option. So I get it. Okay. So like wanting to expand beyond t-shirts basically. Yes. What has been the most effective channel for selling the t-shirts? Like, does it seem like your blog readers are buying or social media followers? Like how does that go? Uh, probably social media. I would say maybe from Instagram, I've received like the most sales um, for the shirts, you know, from Instagram. Um, I would love for it to just be regular blog traffic and people are just coming to shop at, at my little bitty shop. But yeah, I think right now people, um, I think it helps when I tell the message behind the shirts and then people are drawn to purchase it. So that was going to be my guess. Cause just thinking about it, the people who just randomly find your blog through search engines or Pinterest, they're probably like laser focused on that specific recipe that they were looking for. And they may not click around elsewhere for people listening the bounce rate, which is when people just visit one page on your site and then leave, is notoriously high for food blogs because people are just generally looking for one type of recipe and then when they find it, they leave. In contrast to Instagram where you're more building, or any social media platform where you're more building the connection with people and the relationship, that makes a lot of sense to me that that would be where the buyers for your t-shirts would come from. I haven't looked since I, I made these notes a few weeks ago, but, or maybe a week ago, but I know you have like over 70,000 followers on Instagram for your main blog, which maybe it's even higher now <laughs> and over 15,000 for your second blog. So that is freaking amazingly inspirational. And I don't know that much about Instagram. So I would love to chat for a minute. Like how did you grow your Instagram to that level? Well, um, First, like before I even thought about the food blog, um, I had an Instagram um, and it was like a, it was it my personal account. Yeah, it was my personal account, but it was a makeup artistry um, Instagram account, uh, you know, because I worked for Mac for several years. So I was um, a freelance makeup artist. So I built, I had a pretty good following then. And so um, that kind of helped, I guess, to kind of boost it along. So I changed the whole account over to Beautiful Eats and Things. And I was able to keep a lot of those followers, thankfully. Uh, you know, so I just, um, I, so I started there. And then um, it just kind of grew as I, I felt like as I brought more of myself to Instagram, because I was just posting food, in which I post food, but I started to also post more about maybe me and my family. 
just kind of some real life stuff. And I feel like I was able to connect with people more once I started doing that. And that also helped to grow um, my account. And then I would say um, this year, of course, it is growing you know, because of the Amplify Melanated Voices um, that was going on on Instagram. So, you know, of course, my account grew by ooh, several thousands, like within the past couple of months, you know, because people were sharing my account, which was awesome. And I hope that it continues, um, you know, but that, you know, kind of got me a lot of followers uh, for the past few months. So. And how often do you post? Do you have a schedule for that too? Or is it a little more unplanned? I don't really have a schedule, but I post a lot. Um, well, like maybe for little eats and things, it might be one to two times a week. But for beautiful eats and things, uh, maybe at least once a day, maybe twice a day. Um, you know, it's just, if something comes up in my head or if I'm, you know, whatever a recipe that I'm trying to cook, I've, I'll post it. So uh, I'm really active on that account. And how do you feel about like the regular feed versus the stories? Do you do both of those? I do. Um, I try to keep my Instagram stories, you know, current and kind of let people know like what I'm doing day by day. It gets hard, like I said, with the kids are at home now. And so, you know, I can't always do that. But um, yeah, I try to post, you know, stories as often as I'm posting the in-feed content. Awesome. So you have a really great Instagram following. You're doing amazing at Pinterest. Is there any other avenue that you feel you really excel at or maybe something you're going to focus on in the future? Uh, TikTok. TikTok has been awesome. Um, I, I let's see, I joined it actually, was it earlier this year? But um, I was too scared to post videos. Like I was just on there just to look at everybody else's videos. But I think I posted my first one, was it? in May or maybe the, the end of April. And, um, and that just kind of took off. Like one of my videos went viral and um, I gained a lot of followers and, um, and just people inboxing me, messaging me, like, how can I work with you? And, you know, how can, you know, do you offer services? Do you help people? And, and I was just like, whoa, like, you know, just from that one post. And so I've continued to post um, content and it's, yeah, it's been really, really great to build another audience. Yes. TikTok has come up quite a few times in my interviews over the last few months. It's definitely growing. I'm like, I hope, you know, with all the drama that's happening, <laughs> whether it's going to get banned or whatever. But yeah, by the time this airs, there, I bet there there will be a resolution. It does seem like, like you said, in your experience of going viral, it's like you just need that one video <laughs> to kind of take off. Yeah, like it, it's, it's awesome. And, um, and I like that with TikTok, I don't feel as pressured. Like with Instagram, I almost feel like everything kind of has to be perfect. You know, I have to make sure, you know, everything's good. But on TikTok, like I can record a video and, you know, and if my kitchen's not clean, like whatever. Like, you know, it's like the audience there, they don't really care about that. It's like they're just there to get the content and your message. So, um, yeah, it's kind of laid back, which I like. Yeah, it's way, definitely way more laid back. Like what kind, like just to put this into perspective, what types of content are you posting as a dietitian slash food blogger on TikTok? Um, I posted maybe a couple of recipes, but most are messages like about um, 
body positivity, um, you know, just helpful notes about, um, you know, to not fat shame people, you know, body shaming is never okay. So um, a lot of those messages I'm trying to get out to people and to, um, you know, to kind of keep that going. So that's kind of, and then some, I, I do some silly videos because my kids um, are wanting to be in a video with me. So I did one of me and my oldest son dancing, um, you know, just so, so some are just fun videos too. Thank you. I think that because I think out of all the platforms, TikTok is the the babyest one. So like there's few the least number of people in my audience probably are on it or are familiar even with the type of content. So that's helpful for fleshing it out. So what do you what what's your long-term vision for for both of your blogs and your just online career in general? Where do you see things going? I'm hoping to, um, I would love to do like a virtual practice or, or be able to help people online. Um, I've gotten so many requests, especially from TikTok. Um, people are wanting like, you know, help uh, with their relationship with food. You know, surprisingly, people are not asking me, oh, I want to lose weight. Can you help me? It's more so, well, can you help me, you know, with my relationship with food? And I was like, I didn't even know people really wanted that help. And um, so I'm really looking into doing some work, um, maybe, you know, building up a virtual practice with that. Um, and for little eats and things, also maybe working with parents, you know, with their kids. I've gotten questions about um, intuitive eating with kids. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, so I'm getting all these different requests, which is helping me to understand maybe um, how to move forward with the businesses. So, um, so of course, I would like to do that. Um, you know, maybe some more merchandise, some more apparel coming in the in the works for both blogs. But that's uh, what I'm thinking. And of course, uh, cookbooks. I would love to do a couple of cookbooks. So, so exciting! I, I get really nerdily excited about all these things. I'm like, yes, yeah, I'm really excited about it. <laughs> I love that you're using the feedback too. Like that's almost like a surefire way to do something that's going to work. If you're meeting a need that people are literally asking you for, then you already know there's people out there like wanting to buy that from you, which is the best possible scenario. Yeah. Versus if you don't yet have the audience and there's no one talking to you, sometimes it can be hard to figure out what people want or what you want to make for the world, you know? Cool. Well, if someone is listening to this right now and they would love to support and connect with you, where should they go? What's the best place? Um, I would say to head over to my website, Beautiful Eats and Things. And like right now, I have a free one pot healthy e-cookbook that's available if you sign up, um, you know, for the newsletter. So um, I would encourage everyone to do that. Um, and then to also head over to my shop, take a look at my shirts, you know, um, you know, holidays are coming up, so maybe a good holiday gift for someone. Um, and then also for little use and things um, to sign up for the newsletter as well. Um, you know, and just follow me on all of the social media channels. Um, you know, leave me feedback. You know, I love to get messages. I love to receive comments on, on my things. So um, definitely a few of those things would help support. Yeah. Would Instagram be the, the place to go to if they wanted to, to message you or... Yes, um, Instagram, or um, if you just email me directly, um, it should be Andrea at beautifuleatsandthings.com or Andrea at littleeatsandthings.com. Uh, but usually Instagram and my email, I'm always checking those. I get a few messages on TikTok, but I don't really check them as I should, so it may kind of get lost. <laughs> awesome. Well, good to know. 
before we wrap up, is there just like maybe three or your top three pieces of advice that you would give RDs who might be thinking about starting a blog today? Sure. I would say the first one would be to just do it, you know, because I feel like if you continue to wait and, you know, just kind of prolong it, I feel like you're going to second guess yourself into not doing it. And and then you're going to have that what if, well, what if I would have started it? So if you're really wanting to start a blog, just go ahead and do it, um, you know, and just learn along the way, like a lot of us have, because I'm still learning. Um, So I would definitely say just to go ahead and start it. Um, And the second piece of advice I would say to be patient with yourself, you know, because it's not gonna, you know, just be this huge success overnight. Um, Be patient with yourself and give yourself that time to, you know, build build your blog, um, give yourself time to grow, and um, also to enjoy the journey. You know, like I feel like sometimes we get so caught up in like, I wanna build this blog, I wanna make all this money, but you forget to enjoy the steps that it takes to, to get there. So that's probably number three. So like enjoy that journey, enjoy the steps that it takes to, to get to where you're trying to be, you know, because you can learn from that. Yeah. And it feels like every time you level up, there's a new set of challenges. So, you know, you're never going to be done. So you, it's important to enjoy the process because the process is never ending. Oh, never. <laughs> I know. Do you see yourself maybe like, could you ever see yourself with a team or people helping you with content creation or... Um, I would love to have a team. I would love, cause I, I definitely need some help. I would love to have a team. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen because one, I'm, I'm so thrifty. Like I, I hold on to my money. And I'm so tight. So I'm like, I have to get used to the idea of shelling out money for my business. I know. I, I am the same way. <laughs> I'm still a solo producer over here as well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I've seen, I'm, I hang out in some like food blogging Facebook groups and I've seen some of the really big names, they're like, they have full on teams. (laughs) It's crazy, but inspirational. Like they're treating it like an actual business because it is, you know, and how cool also, I try to like shift my mindset around this, that you get to employ someone and that's maybe their dream job that you get to provide, which is super cool. So maybe I'll get there one day. We'll see. I know. (laughs) we've got plenty of time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, it was so wonderful chatting with you. Thank Thank you you. for coming on the podcast today. And um, for anyone listening, I'll put all the links to everything that we mentioned, all of Andy's resources and links to all of her uh, websites and social media handles and all of that in the show notes. So just go to the unconventionalrd.com to check those out. So yeah, thanks again, Andy. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed chatting with you.